The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Hi, I'm Reverend Ellen Devonport, host of Voices of Unity here on the radio network, wishing you and your family a joyous holiday season from all of us at Unity World Headquarters at Unity Village. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome everyone to Ask Dr. Dream here on Unity Online Radio. On this show, we uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you really are. And I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, aka Dr. Dream. And the number to call if you've got a question about your dreams, about being weird, we'll talk about that later. The number is 816-251-3555. Again, 816-251-3555. So today is a very, very special day for many reasons. Um, First, I'm going to be talking in a few minutes with a very special guy named Jacob Norby. I met him in a lovely synchronistic way, and it all comes back to a coffee cup and um, a dear friend named Lisa Campion. So I'll share about that in a moment. But also today is a birthday of sorts. It's the birth of my Hero's Journey Dream Oracle deck. I've been working on this, we could say, my whole life, but over the last few decades, it's been an idea that percolated and has little by little by little taken root and taken form. And finally, in this last year, Rasuli, the artist, and I came together and said, let's make this happen. He actually had um, a near-death experience, and he came out of that saying, okay, this project gets pushed to the front burner when he was in between the other side and this side, he got clear about a couple of projects that he wasn't done yet that he didn't want to die without doing. And this was one of them. So I'm really excited that today this is real. And I told Rasuli, now you still don't get to die. We've got a bunch of other projects for you to do. Um, he's an amazing artist, a living legend. And I'll be pulling a card from this deck in a moment. But I'm going to talk to Jacob Norby about his book, Blessed Are the Weird. We're going to talk about innocence. And in order to get into that innocent mode, I need to do a little prayer. So this is I'm doing it for you, quote unquote, but really it's for me. Okay. Without further ado, let's close our eyes for a precious moment. Let's take a big deep breath and release and let go of everything that you possibly can. Let go of any bit of your swirling, never ending to-do list that just miraculously keeps getting longer. The more stuff we do, the longer that list gets. It's just so bizarre. So let's just drop it for a moment and know that where where we are is where it's at. There's nothing that needs to be done in this moment except for us breathing and dropping in and letting go. So let's just dedicate every exhale to letting go more and more throughout the time that we have together for this show. And let's let every new breath be inspiration, rolling out the red carpet to inspired thoughts, 
those thoughts that exist within us all the time, but they seem to come from a higher plane of reality when we are clear, sometimes in the midst of a difficulty, but let's just open ourselves up with every brand new breath to that inspiration. And that's kind of the definition of a breath, breathing in spirit, breathing it in. And the footprints you hear back there are my dog, Shadow, who really wants to be on this show. So she get at least she's not barking. She's just got her footprints going everywhere. Anyway, we're breathing. We're opening up to the blessings that are already here. We don't need to do anything to become worthy of those things. We don't have to prove ourselves. We're already there, as they say in the Bible somewhere. I don't know what verse it is, but you can't add one cubit to your stature. Who, by taking action, can add one cubit to their stature? And I don't know exactly what a cubit is, but I have a sense that it's like one more feather in your cap cannot add one more bit of stature to who you are. You are already amazing. You are already full. Let's just revel in that now and allow our outer lives to manifest this lucid dream that we're having internally. So with that, we open our eyes, unless you want to keep your eyes closed, but I'm opening mine. And I'd like to, first, before we talk to Jacob, I want to welcome Nancy Telzero, who's become my wonderful kind of co-host and um, just beautiful Vanna White of, of the goddess variety on this show. So let me see. Nancy, are you there? I sure am. Hi, Nancy Kelly. T. Glorious. I'm not going to say Ed McMahon. I'm going to say Vanna because you're glorious and goddess-esque and and you bring so much to the table so i'm gonna i'm gonna flip the dream oracle cards around i'm gonna let you be the vanna white that picks the card which one we're gonna have as a theme for today in the hero's journey dream oracle deck so i'm shuffling i'm waiting i'm gonna wait for you to say stop stop okay wow all righty one just right. flew across the room, and it's the one called wow. 10,000 Angels. And it says, lean on your circle of supernatural support. It's card 17, so I'm flipping it open in the Dream Oracle card deck. And it says, when angels visit us, we do not hear the rustle of wings, nor feel the feathery touch of the breast of a dove, but we know their presence by the love they create in our hearts. Mary Baker Eddy. The message is, you have a circle of supernatural support, spirit guides, and angelic beings surrounding you always. You have at least 10,000 angels on hand at all time, above, beneath, and on either side of you. When you become aware of them, their support and strength can be experienced more palpably within you, and you become truly empowered. Take this moment to scan through your life and realize You've never been alone. Allow yourself to feel uplifted as you ride on the wings of their vision for you. Discover their loving guidance that is always present. Honor your guides and angels by receiving and acting on the gift of their wisdom. And the dream symbol that we explore in this section is departed loved ones. When you dream of a departed loved one, you're connecting with their immortal spirit, the qualities they represent to you, and perhaps you're receiving a message of love and wisdom to assist you on your quest. You are directly experiencing the awareness that life is eternal and loving bonds are never severed when someone shuffles off the mortal coil. 
The love and healing power from this type of dream cannot be overestimated. Take heed of any messages you receive. Consider your relationship with the qualities your dream visitor represents to you. The mantra for today is, I am cradled in a supernatural web of light, miracles that propel me along my way. So good job, Nance. Wow. And timely, too. <laughs> for me. <laughs> for me. <laughs> it was timely. I actually did dream of a departed loved one last night. And, you did? Um, yeah. And I also had a connection with an artist who she has, um, she's actually visited the other side several times. And, and mm. she came back at one point without sight and began to draw angels. And because of oh her art and her, her, her sight has come back slowly throughout, but she continues to draw these angels. So when you, when you buy one of them or you purchase, you bring it home, the, whatever the angel stands for, whether it's wisdom or, um, or it's thought or it's, it's prosperity or whatever, it brings this into your world. And I mm. have one, one angel that is thought and another one represents a loving mother and um, they're both activated all the time around me, just all the time. It's amazing. Wow. So um, her name is Katie Russell. Mm. She, she, you would love her art. It's beautiful. Um, Shout out to Katie Russell. That's and sounds she amazing. These angels, these are the angels that were around her, and she draws them. And she was never an artist before all of these experiences. So it's, it's quite Ooh, a story. Yeah. I love that. Um, it reminds me yeah. of Barbara Evans. She's someone who was a scientist and came from a very scientific family, had no spiritual leanings at all. In fact, she was definitely an atheist and came from a long line of atheists. And she was very much a daddy's girl. She was totally bonded to her dad more than her mom. And when her dad died, she was completely devastated because she had no context at all for what happens when you die. She thought all our bodies are gone. They're just a heap of, of manure or not manure, but whatever. It's going to help something grow in the ground, but nothing that she could connect to. So she went into a downward spiral and, and then mm. she had a dream and she was somebody who never went out of her way to remember dreams. But in her dream, she's from England. She was in a really lovely kind of like, um, makes me think of Lord of the Rings, like a little hobbit cave, kind of a cottage. And mm -hmm. she gets a knock at the door and she answers the door and it's her father. And she bursts into tears and says, come in, let's have tea. And he said, no, 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 I can't come in. I can't cross this threshold because I've got other things to do, but you got to get over it. There is more to life that you cannot grieve like this anymore. You've got to know that there's more going on and she wanted to hug him and he wouldn't let her hug him because he's almost like he couldn't um let her do that and she woke up from that dream and basically within like a month or two she switched her entire profession she stopped being a scientist she went to sedona arizona and started studying oh with shamans and crystal healers and and now she is this beautiful artist that does these mandalas and and she plays the crystal bowls and she's like, whoa. Yeah. Anyway, that dream was kind of, it's amazing when a dream of a departed loved one can be so life-changing. Oh, so, for sure. 
Thanks, Nancy. I think I was telling you about the guest that we have today, Jacob Norby. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just, oh my God, he's so amazing. So I first was introduced to Jacob because of my friend Betsy Chassie, who was um, one of the directors and producers of the movie, What the Bleep, by the way. And she had been going through a rough time with her boyfriend and she posted this quote and I grabbed the quote and reposted it and shared it and said, I dedicate this to Dana Walden, my beloved. And then for, and then a couple years went by and I couldn't, and I went looking for the quote because I thought this quote is so meaningful. It so sums up. Nobody else has said it better and I need to find it. And I want to put it on a cup and give it to Dana for our anniversary that was coming up, but I couldn't find it anywhere. I literally went, I, I called Betsy. I'm like, where's that quote? And she had no memory of the quote. I'm like, are you kidding? So we, I mean, I had people digging the internet like through and through. And finally, I don't remember exactly the order of things, but my friend Lisa Campion, who launched her book about a month and a half ago, um, The Art of Psychic Reiki um, no, no, no. This came before. So anyway, I found the quote somehow. I put it on the cup, gave it to Dana for our anniversary. I think it was a year ago. And then that was it. I forgot all about it. Not knowing who this Jacob Norby guy is, just knowing that he was brilliant. And then a month ago, I helped Lisa with her launch. And she considers Jason, Jacob Norby the godfather of her book and her book launch. And she considers me the godmother of it. So he and I are godmother and godfather. <laughs> I was like, wait, little you're not does he the... know. Wait till he finds out. <laughs> I know. Like, relationship already lined up. Wow. Exactly. I said, wait a second. You can't be the Jacob Norby. He's like, um, I don't know any others. I'm like, did you write the shadow cave quote? And he said, yeah, that's me. Okay. So here's the quote. Here's the quote. <laughs> Maybe I should bring Jacob out first. I wonder if he's he's here. Let me see. Jacob, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh God. Back. I'm, just, I'm just glad you're not here here because I'm like blushing. So I'm so glad that this is like not, a, not video. Okay, so here's a little bit about Jacob Norby's bio. He is an author and contributing author of several books, including The Divine Arsonist, A Tale of Awakening, Pearls of Wisdom with Jack Canfield of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series and many other things. The Thought That Changed My Life Forever with Dr. Bernie Siegel. This guy hangs around with some pretty cool people. He leads a worldwide conversation with the Blessed Are the Weird tribe via social media and his podcast show. And he teaches the popular creative unboot camp. I love this. We're going to talk about this today. Also, it's a, it's a course for writers and those who want to be writers. He makes his home near the mountains in Boise, Idaho, where he is actively plotting more novels. And he has a doppelganger who hangs out at Agape Spiritual Center in Los Angeles, who I gave the biggest smile to. And he looked at me like, oh, my God, this lady's crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought Jacob was at Agape this last Sunday. But no, but Jacob Norby, <laughs> welcome to Ask Dr. Dream. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Okay, now that you feel thoroughly stalked. Okay, I think I... 
<laughs> You're like, oops, gotta go back to Whole Foods, do some more shopping. So I'm gonna attempt well, to read. Since I really thought that this was an hour later, uh, and so now I'm just. You caught me. This is great because you caught me completely. Like, all right, let's just do this. Well, I think when you have permission to be weird, we can be a little wonky. We don't have to have everything all like perfect and be sitting right in front of your microphone waiting for the show to start. It can be like, oh, I'm in <laughs> mid shop at Whole Foods <laughs> on the kombucha yeah. aisle. Let's do this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. All right. Maybe I should attempt to read this quote because I've been teasing it or. Um, yeah, no, no you maybe have I... to read the quote now. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read it on. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a graphic artist, so I put it across this picture of us so i hope i don't butcher any of the words because i'm not a it's it's a little wonky on the on this but it says if you ever meet someone oh god kelly jesus jacob do you have this quote okay it's in the dark place here you know what i'm gonna have to read it afterwards because i have to find it it's so it's too dark in here oh here it is no here it is here we go if you ever meet someone brave and powerful enough to walk with you directly through your most unconscious wounds and shadow caves, someone with the stupefying courage to see through the chinks of your armor and then help you take it off, love them because they have done something for you which is impossible to do alone. They will show you the treasure you've been seeking all your life. And they can do this because they aren't afraid of your fear. Jacob Norby. Oh. Mike. Wow. Two yeah. things, man. That's an amazing quote. And how big is that cup? <laughs> <laughs> because it's a lot. <laughs> now I need to see the cup. Wow. You have to see the cup. I know. I, I have you, to take a picture of it and send quote, it. Though. Anyways, oh Jacob, God. what inspired that? Do you mind just kind of diving into it? Let's start there. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty personal. It's just the, the experience of being called out from behind my own um, shell and the way that I had been appearing in the world for all of my life and how terrified I was to show myself. You know, there's people who you know, have obvious wounds or, you know, obvious addictions or big problems in their lives. I had always appeared in the world as very careful and, you know, a student and all of that. And so having help from someone really close to me to see through that, see through the chinks of that armor and go, wait a minute, it's actually safe to be your whole self not just mm. this perfect image that you have. Um, again, other people who have a less perfect on a pedestal kind of an image, you know, th their shadow might be that they actually have a lot of light. In my case, it was I needed to admit that, no, I'm not always perfect and, and that I'm acceptable as that as well. And there's a deep innocence somehow there. And so, yeah, it was an incredibly personal experience of being... And so terrifying, so terrifying to come out from behind this facade and say, this is me. I guess this is me. Can you love me? Can I not get kicked out here? This is, this is so, I mean, even just this process of you coming to this realization and writing the quote and sharing it is so hero's journey of you because you, you went through your process and then you shared this elixir with other people and 
and and what great writing it's so it's one thing to go through that but it's another to find the words that describe that so well and the shadow cave is so the belly of the whale or joseph campbell also calls it the innermost the innermost cave i like to refer to it as the belly get in my belly as someone said <laughs> um but god you just you just nailed that and it's i mean the shadow work is so important but i love that you brought up innocence and i know that's going to be you were mentioning to me before we started doing this show that this seems to be a quality that's coming up in your unboot camps so i think you need to describe what the heck an unboot camp is and then let's, let's explore innocence yeah, well, you know, I got asked to, um, I work for a publisher and an events group, and we put on mind, body, spirit type events all over the country, and we get to work with some really wonderful folks. And he asked me, Randy Davila asked me to um, put on this, you know, creative course a few years ago. He said, you know, I'd really feel like this would be useful. He said, I teach a lot of writers um, how to get published, but he said a lot of them show up and they aren't ready for that yet. They actually need to learn how to write and get, you know, get into their creative flow. And so I started that several years ago, Kelly. And um, the last couple of years, it's moved out of just being for writers because I discovered that so many of us show up to the process of, okay, I want to write a book. I have this desire. And we're so focused on the product, the the what, that we haven't really gone upstream of that and looked at the how and the why and even most importantly the who and so this is where it goes all the way back into the source into the headwaters and i discovered you know like i'm sure you have this experience with the books you write and the way you teach like i don't get to teach or write something that i'm not living that i haven't lived and in fact when i try to it usually fails miserably and so this experience of going wait a minute i need to i need to examine this because chasing around trying to teach people how to write, how to get more creative. There's something deeper that needs to happen here. And as I've done that, Kelly, it has taken me into my own deepest places where I've discovered all the fear. Um, and there's so much shame wrapped up with being creative. And it, it gets really cringy in there. It's so much easier to talk about how to do something or focus on what we want to accomplish. But when I go back all mm. the way into the who, I find a little orphan mm. archetype in there. I find it, and, and that's not an archetype, and it is an archetype, but in my experience, it's not an archetype. It's not a concept. There's this little orphan boy pressing his nose against a window from the outside in the cold and dark, and he's looking at people inside. They're going, how is it that they belong together? How is it that they get to enjoy this love and connection, and why don't I get to be there and not feeling bitter toward mm. them, like really ce celebrating like that's beautiful. I would so love to be in there myself, but I don't get to. And so watching that archetype, that, that character play out unconsciously through my entire life um, and then finding it and then having this close person help me spot it without even meaning to, it's like, there it is, there it is. And that's been running the show from behind the scenes all this time. Um, it's such a, it's such a treasure. It's such a priceless thing to have happen. And so painful and naked feeling to go, Oh, that's what's been holding me back this whole time. Um, and mm -hmm. so then being willing to begin to call that one home and say, come on in here. 
you actually are so innocent. Like you think you have a dirty face and that you're ragged. You don't belong here, but you belong here. You belong in your own life. Mm. You deserve to Mm. create the things that come from your deepest places and you deserve to share them with the world. You deserve to have those things seen as treasures, not as things that are broken. Oh, oh my God. Well, the little orphan girl in me is feeling much more calm right now after hearing you say those nice things to the orphan boy in you. And I think we all have a little orphan that that gets covered up by, and I know this for myself, the, the stuff that's gotten me into trouble or that's that has been the most embarrassing in hindsight is the part that tries to cover that up by doing all kinds of, I don't know, all manner of things. I mean, I'm just recently in the last year, I've been writing this book that's, um, that feels, I think kind of bloody, like not literally, but it's, it's just dripping Uh with the stuff that I'm embarrassed. I mean, I'm so cringing at every line and my heart palpitates and, And this woman who's my coach is like, that's where to write from. And I keep wanting to go into the more lofty, pretty stuff. She's like, no, no, no. Keep the blood on the page. Get get rid of the pretty air. And I'm like, oh, can't I come back to pretty air? No, no. Keep it. Like it just. So I so appreciate where you're coming from because I feel like ultimately it's not just about blood and guts and like horror. It's about getting excavating and getting to the innocence underneath. So we're going to talk more about this on the other side of the break that's coming up in a minute. And I'm talking with Jacob Norby, author of Blessed Are the Weird, a manifester, manifesto. He's a manifester too, but it's a manifesto for creatives. And we're talking about the Unboot Camp. And we're here on Ask Dr. Dream on Unity Online Radio. And we will be right back in just a moment. Greetings, friends. I'm Jim Blake, CEO of Unity World Headquarters. From all of us at Unity Village, we wish you a joyous and blessed holiday season. May this time of year for you be filled with magic, miracles, and unending peace. Namaste. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, Please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Eric Butterworth, taken from the live lecture, A Course in Practical Metaphysics. Healing is the experience in our life of coming out of the darkness into the light getting out of the confusion of human consciousness into the allness which is always present. But the allness of infinite life is present even within the illness. So God is not a healer. He doesn't look down upon you and say, well, you're sick, but you're a good person and I like you very much, so I'm going to take this illness away from you. God doesn't take illness away from anybody, nor does God put illness into anyone, which belies a lot of traditional religious thought too. We talk about, well, suffered to be so, it's God's will, and I guess it's my place to accept it. The will of God must always be the ceaseless longing of the Creator to express itself in that which has created. So it's a constancy, it's a force which is ever seeking to press itself out into visibility as life, as wholeness, as success. To find out more about Eric Butterworth, visit unity.org. 
Indian saint and mystic Kabir is quoted as saying, one drop of divine love can turn you to gold. Immerse yourself in the work of Kabir with acclaimed poet, author, and spiritual teacher Andrew Harvey in his book, Turn Me to Gold, 108 Poems of Kabir. Andrew shares the powerful and timeless words of Kabir in a way that is accessible to all with beautiful photography by Brett Hurd. This is a book you will turn to again and again. Available now at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop. Did you know Unity has published a new book by Eric Butterworth? This wonderful writer and teacher, who is loved by so many people, left a recorded class called Practical Metaphysics that has now been turned into a book. It's Vintage Butterworth. He explains how to live from a deeper state of consciousness and awaken to health, love, prosperity, and peace of mind. Practical Metaphysics. Find it online by going to unity.org and click shop. Find the truth within yourself that heals, reveals, guides, and transforms. Tune in to Reverend Galen McDowell every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms. Take a deep dive into the practical aspects of new thought teaching, starting with forgiveness, spiritual healing, prosperity, and more. Reverend McDowell welcomes some amazing guests, and topics can range from reincarnation to the Bible to science. Big plans to join the show here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream. This is me, Kelly Sullivan Walden. And I just have to acknowledge Diane Ray, that beautiful voice that you heard before that was out there in the commercial. She's just so lovely. And she's just the producer behind the scenes doing so much. And Lewis and Jeff, if you guys can hear me, just so appreciate you guys. Um, You just have to know that not every place does the behind the scenes and the in front of the scenes match. But here at Unity Online Radio, I am having such a wonderful experience with you all. I mean, it's like a love fest. Every time I get an email from them, it's just so sweet. So I'm just honored and blessed and grateful to be on this show and on this network with y'all. And and I'm just to take the gratitude up a notch. I'm loving this conversation with Jacob Norby. His book is Blessed Are the Weird. And I'm feeling a lot of permission to let my freak flag fly today for some reason, Nancy. Are you? Are you joining me in that? <laughs> <laughs> the permission well, to be wacky. I'm, I don't know if I need permission. I kind of control <laughs> that way. But <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because when I read like the title of, of Jason's book, I read it and Jacob. thought, oh my gosh, for, for your, I'm sorry, Jacob's book. I'm so sorry. But when I read that, I thought that is what my daughter for years and years, I, she'd say, I only like your weird friends. And it was anybody mm. too normal. It just wasn't wasn't rolling out the tongue for her. She didn't like it, and she wanted to spend time with only the weird ones. So I, I feel like she'd want to read your book just based on the title. Just based <laughs> on the great. title. Yeah. Years ago, I heard um, a, I heard a quote um, or something about how oh, it was Michael Mead that said that in old English, weird was spelled something like W Y R R D, and it meant one who stands in both worlds. And I thought, okay, that's cool. I want to be weird. I mean, then 
then let's all be weird. Who wants to just be in the material world? Let's also be spiritual and, and be in both worlds and straddle that. And sometimes it's awkward, but, but, but mm-hmm. so worth it. And to have you here today also, Jacob, on the day that my dream oracle cards, the hero's journey oracle cards are launching. I think you are very much a hero. You um, have been to your shadow cave. You're, you've been throwing down the masks and and becoming more and more of your the excavated, golden, innocent, precious being that you have been and now teaching other people to do this in your creative unboot camps. Um, I want to know what it's like to be in that. I can't imagine anybody listening doesn't want to be a part of that, whether you're already a writer or you have always wanted to be. Um, what what kind of things happen in your creative unboot camps? <laughs> well, it's really an interesting experience. Uh, much like when I work with people with one-on-one coaching, Kelly, we, we sh- I mean, I do show up there with a structure, you know, here it is. But what really happens, a lot of the action that breaks us through happens in the um, private Facebook group that's going on right now. Because in this case, the class doesn't start until January, but we're gathering in from all over the world. And so we begin this conversation together. And the part that I can never fully predict is what is going to light us up, what is going to actually get us through the, okay, we're all just sort of nervous here like a cocktail party and trying to know who's here. And all of a sudden something happens that breaks us into these really deep, rich conversations. And we start to tell the truth. We start to um, Mm. get out from behind that shell. And so that's what's happening right now. And it was funny the other day I had this like really early morning thing and asked about tantric sex and um, I'm like, has anybody experienced, right? Uh, (laughs) But I said, has anybody experienced this? And the reason I was asking it is because creativity and sexuality come from the same energy center in the body and it's actually the energy of life. And so I was just curious what people would say. Well, it was funny to watch the kind of resistance that came up and the discomfort Mm. and it was like no no no, you don't have to i'm I'm not asking some voyeuristic question like you know give me the details of your sex life (laughs) talk about and also about how much shame we have here about this you know because there is this deep deep innocence and now we're going back by the way did you say there's a staff member with the name of lilith no i said said, oh i said i said said jeff and lewis Oh, oh I have been a film called Lilith. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, why? Okay, I heard Lilith. Well, what's interesting, Kelly, is that um, if we skip backward through our myth, you know, you're talking about heroes' journeys and myths right yes. now, but if we skip backward through our collective myth, back to the Garden of Eden, there is mm-hmm. a character named Lilith, and she preceded, I know you know all this stuff, but she preceded you know, our current story in Judeo-Christian about the creation of the world and about how humans came into being. And there's this deep innocence that goes back before the current story of original sin. And to me, that's what we're talking about here when we are learning to let go of this story of how broken we are and how um, there's a best life, like there's a best life that's out on the horizon it's never right here, right now in the story of original sin. And so what I feel very called to do right now in my own life and what I share with people is let's go back to the tale of original innocence. Mm. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden yes. before we started the story about how 
dirty and broken and how much we need a savior because I don't feel like that's true at all. Oh my God, this is revolutionary. This is huge. This could, this could change a lot of lives. I can just feel the shackles coming off. Ooh, you know, when, when you brought up Lilith, it's such an interesting thing. The day that I heard about Lilith, I don't know how I was reading something and I was, I don't know, looking up something about the Garden of Eden years ago when I was living in Santa Fe. And I read about her and it was, she was the original Eve. And, but she's kind of known as like a devil, like a demon, like a sexual, mm-hmm. like a succubus, yep. like she's a, and, mm-hmm. but there was like all this press around her, like, no, she was just sensual. She was just expressing. It's like bad PR that she's like, Eve is the good one. Sort of, even though she tempts Adam, but but Lilith is the bad one. And really, she's like mm-hmm. the patron saint of like, if we really want to heal, like we need to honor her. So that day, as synchronicity would have it, I went to this place that had all these, <clears throat> it's kind of like a mini Stonehenge in Santa Fe. This man named James Jerob has this, these crazy sculptures all over his his place. Mm-hmm. And he says, you save the Lilith statue for last. I was like, What? So you do this whole ceremony on his property and up on a hill is the statue of Lilith. And you, so you, you like give her something, you make an offering to her in order to free yourself of your sexual shame. And I was like, oh, so I created this beautiful bundle, went up on, went up to the hill and was crying and put this around Lilith's neck and asked for a sign that there was healing. And literally just then, it had been a hot, sunny day. I got pelted to the right of my head with hail. It started to hail. And that, and I'm not joking, Dana is my witness. He was there and he would not exaggerate. It became a flash flood. The only flash flood I've ever been in happened right at that moment. And we, like a car almost got sucked in by the mud. It was like, okay, Lilith, I know you're there. I believe you. I love you. <laughs> this is something is legit here about Lilith. So I'm so glad I said Lewis and you thought I said Lilith. She brought in her who is like the symbol of our original innocence. That's incredible. Man, I love, I love that story. And it's so interesting when we learn how to live life symbolically. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we don't keep our feet on the ground and, you know, have jobs and pay our bills and do all the things. But it does mean that we begin to notice this mythic character, uh, this mythic sort of symbolic uh, quality to life. And it begins to then add depth of meaning and texture and layers to what is normally just everyday life. And I mean, you're the dream doctor, so they're Dr. Dream. So this is like no mm. very familiar territory for you. But I feel strongly, uh, Kelly, that we're in a time during which we are desperate for um, a reconnection to the symbolic. Um, and dreams, of course, are one way to do that. Um, but I feel strongly that we are desperate, we are starving for meaningful ritual, for a, for a renewed understanding of the symbol, of the symbolic life, of the mythic life. Um, we are not comfortable with religion, nor should we be, most of us, uh, because it, most of religion is founded upon this story of original sin and that we're broken mm-hmm. and need a savior by some name, a guru, a savior, a messiah, something needs to show up and save us from our brokenness. And I feel strongly that we're in a time during which it's, it is our task to rewrite the myth, to begin living 
a different kind of myth. Like Joseph Campbell said, look, we need a new myth right now. Um, yeah. But the fact is science and the full rational left brain, like, you know, we don't believe in any of that superstition. I appreciate that to the degree that it helped us release a lot of the heaviness, but that doesn't satisfy the deep need of the human heart and spirit to actually have something that's greater than the rational mind. Mm. Mm. Oh, this is so powerful. And it's, you're making me think of the first time I heard Michael Beckwith say, there's a part of you that has never been hurt, harmed, or endangered. I literally went, what? And I, and I went down this rabbit hole in my mind of, wait, wait a minute. Are you saying that there's this little, like this little speck in me that is like golden, that no matter what I've done, it's still intact? Then, Mm -hmm. whoa. And so that was like the beginning of this incredible, like infusion of, of healing that started pretty rapidly with that one quote, which is saying exactly the same thing that you're saying. But I love that you're tying it in to this, to the Garden of Eden and and to original sin, but original innocence. I mean, I think this is the undoing of the unboot camp of the unhypnosis of the undoing, unraveling of all of it. Like, let's just get to the core. Right. Oh, my Lord. So I'm inside your book, and I've highlighted and underlined so many things that I almost can't even read it. So I'm going to need another copy just so I can, (laughs) like, enjoy reading it Um, because I've got stars and I've got little squiggly notes. And (laughs) this book is really – it is a manifesto. It is – it's not the kind of book that you can share with other people because it's the kind you want to get really personal with and it becomes like a journal. Mm-hmm. So here's just a couple of things that I, I love. Um, and these are just random notes that I made. Um, on page 118 of Blessed Are the Weird, there's um, a part at the top that says, I keep using the word soul. Many people get nervous around it because they are sure it must have some religious or spiritual connotation. I am not interested in any definition other than the raw heartthrob of longing that has pulsed beneath the soundtrack of our lives since we were born. Ooh, can I get an amen? Nancy, amen? Uh, I know she's given an amen somewhere, and I think she's muted, but I know. I can hear it. I can hear it. I'm covered in chills. I put myself on mute because I do a lot of... I do a lot of, oh, wow. And I thought she's doing interpretive dancing back there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like amazed. Uh I'm going, oh, of course. I'm saying all, I'm talking to the TV, like those annoying people. So, yes, you've got an amen and more. (laughs) Nancy and I are like that. We listen loudly. (laughs) But okay. The raw heartthrob of longing that has pulsed beneath the soundtrack of our lives since we were born. I like that definition of soul. Okay, just say say something <laughs> yeah. more about soul. That's just like, I mean, I don't know if you can say it any better than that, but my God, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Do it again. Thank you. <laughs> Do it again. Well, you know, here. so here's here's the funny thing is that I feel like we're, we're in a time when there are a lot of people who feel alienated from this connection to something greater than the rational mind. Uh, but they don't know what to do about it because to even approach it, to even approach spirituality 
feels like they're going to have to get into hocus pocus into something, you know, oh great, then I'm going to have to start wearing patchouli oil and um, you know, saying <laughs> namaste or whatever. And I'm like, you know what, I don't want that to be a sense for any of us to experience a connection to the greater. Like Carl Jung said, if a person doesn't have some kind of religious practice at, at about the age 40 and beyond, they begin to develop psychosis. And he oh. said, I don't mean oh. by that that they oh. need to go to church or, or you know, have a traditional religion, but something that's larger than the rational mind. He said, if we don't have some connection pretty soon, um, we actually develop these, these mental Ill illnesses. Oh, that is so good and so sad and so true. But God, hopefully they'll... But see, people also, I think need to find there's there's people that can bring it to the people that wouldn't find it in the obvious patchouli oil sections of whole foods <laughs> and in this right. book is one of those books that would cro that crosses over because it doesn't look woo woo at all i mean it's like there's the airy fairy and the nitty gritty this is definitely airy gritty because it's a blend but it's kind of <laughs> trojan horse ish trojan trojan horse ish i like that <laughs> <laughs> I like saying that Trojan horseish. <laughs> There's here's another line um, later on um, on the page. It's on page 118 of Blessed Are the Weird. As Charles Baudelaire once said, "Genius is nothing more or less than childhood recaptured at will." Ah, I love that. I mean, this is innocence. This is like it's not about constructing something so brilliant and impressive it's like getting rid this is why i always when i pray the prayer is always to let go it's never about mm -hmm. like you are lofty you are you know you must do something no just stop doing just drop it away and let the kid that's been under there suffocating out and let that kid play Oh, beautiful. You know, what's so fascinating to me, Kelly, this came as a fairly big breakthrough the other day. <laughs> when I was driving down the road was, you know, we're told that we, we stop using our imaginations as we get older. Um, and what I, what I discovered the other day was that actually is not true. Um, we never lose our capacity for imagining. What happens is somewhere about the time that we learn to talk, and then as we enter school, we begin to be trained to use our imagination for um, picturing things that we don't want. Um, because the human mind mm. has this bent toward uh, negativity, right? So we have a bias in our, in our psychology. We have a bias toward negativity, which was actually a big protection mechanism for us um, right. in primitive times. It's like, no, we need to notice threats. We need to pay attention to the downside. What's interesting is we've created this world that is, you know, for most of us, is largely pretty safe, especially in first world countries. But we still have the habit of of really creating in our imagination these scenes of things we don't want. And so when we're young children, we start to be told, you know, grow up, stop daydreaming, stop. What are you doing? Like get practical, get real. All those phrases. And so we begin to have shame for using our imagination for anything but what picturing what we don't want so i just began to realize oh my god i am spending most of my day this all happened in the last like 60 to 90 days so i mean it feels like wow. a year for me yeah mm. right like i i just began to realize how i'm spending most of my day unconsciously 
So let's just say 70% of my day spent unconsciously picturing scenes of what I would not want. Didn't realize <laughs> I was doing that because I consider myself, my self-concept, I feel like I'm a really positive person. But I began to pay attention to the very subtle ways that I would think about other people, my own life, my own things that I was trying to create, um, even politics or my finances. I mean, it, was, it began like this really clear mirror image began to show up and it's like, oh my God, I'm spending most of my imagination creating these very vivid, emotionally charged movies of what I don't want to create. No wonder I'm getting mixed results because I'm only spending a very little bit of my imagination consciously going, this is what I would love to create. So this is where we go back to the imagination, back to the original innocence, Kelly, like, oh wow, what if I spent on, on purpose, what if I spent some time each day visualizing scenes of what I would love to create in my life. Um, and I know this is like manifestation 101, but I don't trust some of those um, different ways that's been taught because a lot of it doesn't have much practical action-based stuff. But I began to realize, oh, this is the first part of the creative formula is imagination and then infused with feeling. So if I spend at least just, let's say if I can move the line 30, 40, 50% to where I'm spending most of that time, the power of that imagination, visualizing what I would love to create, and then reinforcing that with my words, and then taking inspired action from that, suddenly my results begin to become more and more what I would love. Does this make sense? Oh my God. Yes. And Absolutely. it's like the the old wine in new wine skins. I mean, this is something that, yes, it is, it is metaphysics 101, but it's like the kind of thing that is so important that we need to hear it in a new way that we can digest it and we can take this in. And there's almost nothing more important than, than knowing that you're innocent first and foremost, and then knowing that you have some creative control, not all, but but much of the dream that you're living and right. you can you can do something about this you have i mean it's so empowering and it's a bitter pill to swallow because it does there's something that we get from like kind of giving giving our power away i mean there's a little bit of like well it's their fault but that is short-lived and it just keeps us in the victim drama go round but it's it's That's very right. empowering to know that you can begin to at least a few minutes deliberately a day um envision what you what you want to create and i think one really grounded way to do i mean this is one thing that i'll say about your book it is very spiritually fulfilling uplifting but it's simultaneously and this is a rare and difficult thing to do it is also deeply grounding I don't feel manic when I'm reading this. I feel like high mm. and deep at the same time. And mm. that is very, very special. I mean, I think you've got, to me, there's the spirit and then there's the human and then the soul is kind of right in the center of it. And it and it is able mm -hmm. to kind of hold both places. So I feel like this is just dripping with soul. Um, Interesting. Here's a... Yeah, that's that's my observation and experience here. And um, I'm going to quote another. I'm, you've got these wonderful brackets throughout the book with these like take away pieces that could be easily tattooed on one's body. I'm thinking of maybe, I don't know, <laughs> since I put one on a cup next is my body that I'll put something on. So let's see. Here's one that I love. I can't change the world or solve its problems. That's too much, too big. 
but I can turn and honestly face my own problems, fears, and pain. I can learn to love myself. I can love and serve those within my arms, my own arms reach. I can turn my own life into art. Somehow when I do this, my life is enough and I have done my part. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. So I want everyone to get this book and get many copies for the holidays for your weird family members that maybe don't know they're weird and maybe they're acting weird because they're covering up, covering up their true good God weirdness with some other, like I'm fine and fabulous. And that's like, ew. So if you want them to like strip it down and get real, get them blessed are the weird, a manifesto for creatives by Jacob Norby. And um, if you want me to make a coffee cup for you with this quote on it, you know, send me an email. Maybe I'll make you a cup. It's <laughs> a very small so, print. <laughs> in very small print, hard to read, but the message is there. And Jacob Norby, there's um, your creative unboot camp. We're letting people, um, we're giving them a special discount, right? So tell them how they can get that. Oh, yeah, great. Okay, so yeah, if you want to join us for this upcoming New Year um, Creative Unboot Camp, go to creativeunbootcamp.com, all one word. And then when you're enrolling, be sure to use Dr. Dream as your discount code. That's all one word, Dr. Dream. Just use that as your tuition discount code and you get $30 off. Awesome. That's at Creative Unboot Camp. Because who wants to go to a Creative Boot Camp? Ouch. That just hurts yeah, right. thinking about it. And later on, we'll all day today, we're launching the Hero's Journey Dream Oracle cards. You can go, just go to Amazon and get the dreams, the Hero's Journey Dream Oracle cards, and then come back to my website, which is Kelly Sullivan Walden, and you can redeem all kinds of gifts, hundreds of dollars of amazing things that Rasuli and I have put together. Thank you, Jacob Norby. Nancy, thank you so much for always being my my sidekick. And are you guys still there? Have an Thanks awesome day. Thank you, know, you so loved... much. Sweet dreams. I've loved being here. Thank you. Thank you. Did the music play? I thought I heard something. Oh, thank God. I thought I heard music. Maybe I was just, I'm in an angelic realm. So... <laughs> I literally was hearing the music in my head. I'm so glad we have another minute. Okay, so Jacob, in closing... I know this is a little bit of a stretch, but with, with innocence on your mind and with weirdness on your mind, how does this fit into being a hero on a hero's journey? And I'm kind of throwing you on the spot here, but how does that fit together for you? Oh, not at all, actually. Yeah, no, this is where we explore <laughs> outside of the self that we have always thought was acceptable in the world. We actually enter the land of the unknown, and we are led then into our treasure. We are led to find what lies beyond uh, this limited self. So the, the hero's journey is absolutely part of this, like going out there and finding out that it is safe to explore the greater self that we've always known was there and that somehow that's acceptable, it's innocent, it's powerful, and it will lead us home to ourself, our sense of purpose, who we really are. Mm, that is so beautiful. I just have to give a shout out to Lisa Campion, the author of The Art of Psychic Reiki, to thank her for bringing Lisa. this wonderful man into my world. Lisa Campion, you're a champion. Everybody get The Art of Psychic Reiki as well. It's awesome. Nancy, isn't Jacob, like, didn't I tell you he was amazing? I know she's still muted and she's doing her interpretive <laughs> dance. Okay, Nancy, we got to stop all this muting. 
but it's okay. Anyway, Jacob, thank you so much. And I'm excited to that you're in my world. And I'm hoping that we're going to do a Facebook Live later today, I pray, mm. I hope, and yep. talk a little bit more about some of this stuff with regards to the hero's journey. And um, there's the music that I was hearing in my head. Thank you so much once again, Jacob, for joining me today. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's wild and crazy ride on Ask Dr. Dream here on Unity Online Radio. I'm so, so, so joyous today to be with you. And um, go get Blessed Are the Weird. And I've got an awesome show lined up for you next week. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.